Scintillating Snetterton, Shedden was shown to the back of the grid, while Sutton sized through the field, while Turkington topped the times, and Ingram got incrementally better. This is the Snetterton Review. Yes, welcome back everybody. Uh, we, we are here to look at the Snetterton round of the touring cars, which we were very fortunate to go to. Neither of us come back to red, which is quite nice, uh, given the, what was frankly, ridiculous temperatures we experienced yesterday. Uh, and it made for a great day's racing. It was great to have the fans back, it, the banks were a sea of umbrellas, and everyone was very friendly and very happy to be back. Yep, everyone did very well in, in my books for keeping away from other people and, and staying at safe distances. And it was so hot. I mean, so hot. By the end of the day, I, was, I felt like I'd been fried. Yeah, I mean, we, we got there for what, about 9 o'clock-ish? Ish. Yeah. It was already over 20 degrees by that point. Um, Can only imagine what the drivers must have been going through each time they got into the cockpit. Even worse for the kids in the Ginetta Juniors, yeah. who would have, um, you know. Although luckily they only had one race on the Sunday. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah. they're not, you know, even they like to be even less fit. You know, then, yeah. You know, certainly. Um, but no, it, it made for a decent day of racing, and to see fans and hear fans back at the track, you you could almost guess what was going on around the circuit when you heard the cheers or the claps and the oohs and the ahs, really. Yeah, it was just great to hear the cars pop as they came past you on the warm-up laps. And I've forgotten the tires, how loud they were. I know, and the tyre squeals. Yeah. Um, the Porsche sounded different, perhaps because we've been away for two years, but you know, you know, they, they sounded a little less throaty. Yep. And it's always interesting to see which touring car sounds throaty than others. Ingram sounds... It's not, but it sounds semi-electric at points. Um, I was going to say, the, the Fords seemed especially loud for mm. their pops and bangs as yeah. well. So... Yeah, a great weekend. We obviously had the option tyre back in for this round as well, which I'm not a huge fan of, if I'm honest. But it may it did make the racing a bit more interesting. It gives a different dynamic, doesn't it? it? It makes drivers have to make decisions on when to run it across the three races and um, almost preempt where you're going to be, whether you'll be running with weight, what the temperatures are doing throughout the day, something that would was completely crucial yesterday. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting to see how everyone judged the tactics of the weekend, and of course we had the top ten shootout for qualifying, didn't we? Again this weekend. Well, we sure did, and that seems the most logical place to start. Qualifying report. Yeah, as we just mentioned, uh, this was the first round of the season where the new qualifying format would be used. Uh, something that we saw last year at Snetterton as well as as a trial. Uh, which was the top 10 shootout for qualifying. So the normal qualifying session would take place, but it would be shorter, shortened to 25 minutes. Uh, and then the top 10 drivers from that would then go on to a top 10 shootout, which was 10 minutes. Something that you went on to say was a little short for Snetterton. Yeah, I think for Snetterton it is short because obviously if you're a rear-wheel drive car, you don't need to come in and cross your tyres. So you can effectively pump in three, four, possibly even five laps. Yeah. Certainly three or four. If you're a front-wheel drive car, you have to do a warm-up lap on the tyres and then coming across them or do a really, really aggressive warm-up lap and then just see if you can keep the temperature in the tyres. But generally speaking, you'll come in, you'll cross them and you'll go out for your fastest lap. And it ended up meaning that the, the front-wheel drive cars got about two chances, which... So they almost got penalised for it, didn't they? Yeah, I think the only there's two ways around that. You either make it to the um, 
rear-wheel drive cars have five minutes less than everybody else, but that's going to just be such a nightmare to police, or you make it a 15-minute session, which I think is... I think it's next to when you're looking at effectively a two-minute lap time. Mm. Yep. That, I think when you go to Silverstone and Donington, which I think is two of the places we're going to run this uh, yep, later in the year, is. you can probably get away with it a bit more. Certainly at Silverstone you can, because that's less than a minute a lap, so that's yep. you know that's going to be fine. I just think that that's Snetterton, it's the longest um, mm. circuit we go to, it's three miles long, I think it's just a little bit too short. Yeah, well coming into the session, um, Shedden and Ingram look to be on good form, both going quickest in the free practice sessions earlier that day, um, but as we would expect, the rear wheel drive cars were set in the early times, not having to come in and, and switch tyres around. Um, but it was about 10 minutes into the session before we actually started to see some representative times. I don't know whether they were suffering from tyre warm-up or whether they were managing the tyres to bring them in slowly to get more laps out of them. Um, but 10 minutes into a 25-minute session, that's, that's quite substantial before we got down to the 155s that yeah. we thought we'd be at. Um, Turkerton was that driver to get first into the 155s, setting three purple sectors. Uh, and of course track limits would be a point that everyone starts talking about and drivers would lose lap times including Moffat, Morgan, Sutton, Butcher, Rowbottom and that was just a handful of them. Um, it, it just makes their life a little bit more difficult, wasn't it? I think Butcher lost two of his times and was right right near the bottom, sort of like five, five minutes from the end of the session. Yeah, I think he lost the two on the bounce as well, so he had one got deleted, went for, it, went for it again, had that deleted as well. Um, I mean, you know, track limits, track limits. I think that, you know, the, the drivers know what the score is with these. They know they're going to be policed. There's pressure pads all over the circuit. Yeah. You know, obviously, they've got to push for their best lap, but, you know, it's a fair, on that bomb, it's a fair cop for me. Uh, halfway through the session, the top three, Turkinson, Shedden and Ingram, um, looking pretty comfortable. Uh, so much so that Turkington and Shedden believed their times were going to be quick enough to see them through to the shootout and therefore didn't go out to make any further improvements. I think both of them had like half a lap at the end just to go and cure the tyres for um, the top 10 shootout. There were few, only a few improvements late in the session, most notably obviously Butcher going up to 5th having had those previous times deleted and also Jess Hawkins improving to 17th to crucially go ahead of veteran Plato who, who she has idolised as a young girl growing up. Yeah and yeah, her pace was really really good on her final lap, there was a chance she could have squeaked into the top 10, um, she had set personal bests in sector 1 and 2 and got caught up a little bit in the end of session traffic in sector 3, obviously yeah, every driver's got a what-if story, but certainly the pace during qualifying was very, very strong for uh, Andy Neat's replacement this weekend. Yeah, I think most notably towards the end of the session, uh, Cook, Plato and Chilton didn't find any time and, and were well down on the qualifying times. And also Ash Sutton, um, we were watching it and going, he's not going to get back out here. And, and we later found out that um, it was an engine issue, possibly something similar to what he suffered at Thruxton, however this time it was not fixable, um, and the crew actually did a full engine change overnight. Yeah, I think that you know, with, with the benefit of hindsight, he'd probably gone back out as a test run rather than as an actual quality lap, just to see yeah. if, if turning it off and on again or moving you know, the plugs around or, or whatever had fixed the problem, but obviously it hadn't, because as you said, they had to redo an engine overnight. Uh, Robottom was the man who got agonisingly close, finishing only 0.088 seconds behind 10th place, uh, and there was one person that did not manage to get out 
before the session, which was Glyn Getty suffering with uh, fuel line issues, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but the drivers that got through into the top 10 shootout were Morgan Lloyd, impressive performance from him, must say, uh, Jackson, Jelly, Hill, Butcher, Oliphant, Shedden, Ingram and Turkington. Now going into the second part of it, the four-wheel, rear-wheel drives. Um, well, there might as well be four-wheel drives, the DTM yeah, cars. Yeah, true. The four rear-wheel drive cars um, all would go on to set the opening laps, but also Lloyd carried on in the Astra, which was different to all the other front-wheel drives. I think they weren't expected to be there. I think they basically, well, of the opinions I mentioned before, that by the time you come in and cross the tyres and what have you, you might as well just stay out and pump them in. Get some experience with the track. Get some experience with the car. You're in the top. You, the worst you're going to finish here is tenth. Just stay out and see what you can do. Yeah, well, he was certainly pushing on those opening couple of laps that he went on to uh, hopefully set some times in. Unfortunately, both of them were taking away for track limits, um, which sort of put him on the back foot really. Uh, the first proper rep- representative times, Turkington would go seven tenths quicker than anyone else, um, starting to make a, a big claim for pole. Although uh, Ingram, Shedden and then Turkington would consecutively go to the top of the times with the three of them looking just far quicker than anyone else. It's almost like they had another gear at points. Yeah, those three were in a field of their own. No one really got close to them. Um, which is surprising because all of them have weight, apart from Shedden, sorry, the other two have weight on board. Mm. Um, yeah, and we, and we saw how much Hill was struggling with the full ballast on board, even though he got into the top ten. Yeah, he did well to drag it into the top ten, to be fair to him. Um and so Dan Lloyd kept up. I think the real surprise for him was Oliphant was just nowhere in the top ten. Wasn't was just, he? Yeah, he had good pace in qualifying one. Um, yeah, he finished uh, for the third. Well, effectively, yeah, third. Sorry, in qualifying one, yeah. um, and was just absolutely nowhere in Q two. And in his own words, he messed uh, he messed up his Q two. Yeah, uh, Shedden though would then go on to take the flag and go quicker than anyone else to Nick Pohl from Turkington who didn't manage to improve on his final lap uh, and Hill was the final car across the line but would only improve to 8th. Um, now after the session we all thought all fine and dandy, Shedden's got Pohl, he went through scrutineering at the bottom of the pit lane and did the interviews and such like um, but it turned out later that day, don't know whether he was picked specifically or randomly um, he would go on to fail a scrutineering check for uh, the rear su- wing. Are you suggesting that a certain uh, a team um, <laughs> submitted a certain form to the clerk of the course and said can you just please have a look or do you think it was random? Obviously it's a wild speculation. Well there's certainly a lot, they probably take a lot closer look at the pole man. Yeah probably you're right. And I'm wondering whether they do scrutinise the pole car every qualifying weekend and, and they've just come across this anomaly or incorrect angle on the rear wing I believe it was by either a degree or a degree and a half it was out from what the regulations state um, yeah so it's worth just explaining that so there is a, a minimum degree you can have and a maximum degree you can have and you can basically put it anywhere you like in between those one will increase downforce one will increase effectively speed which way you put the take drag away yeah, yeah which way you put the wing and it was deemed to be out by according to Shane on his twitter at one degree now for me the punishment doesn't fit the crime because what difference does one degree really make yeah he he then he he then gets demoted to um demoted to the back of the grid which yeah it's it doesn't fit the crime does it 
No, I think you know you you either say you give him a, a five place grid drop maybe, or you say okay you keep the pole but you um, you run with Max and Ballas in the first race. But but to be one degree out, I just don't see how one degree can make that much difference. And it certainly doesn't for me. I mean, I've got one. I don't use it, so you know. Quite. So um, you know, yeah. For me, the the punishment doesn't fit the crime. So therefore, Turkington would go on to start from pole position for race one on Sunday from Ingram Butcher Jelly, who did really quite yep. well um, in qualifying, ahead of Morgan Jackson Hill Lloyd and Oliphant, and then Robotson would be promoted to tenth, having just missed out on the shootout. Yeah, Oliphant's the real loser from from Q2 yeah, you've yeah. done all the hard work to get in there um, it's worth saying that in Q1 uh, he set a 155.7 he was slower wasn't he yeah and in Q2 he was a 156.8 so nearly a whole second actually over a whole second slower that's never my strong point <laughs> it's, it, how can there be that much difference from a session that's separated by about 5 minutes mm. um, he must have made some sort of mistake or, or just not lined everything up perfectly I think that's another argument against the 10 minutes though because when you take into consideration the track limit abuse as well I know that it's a driver error mm. but you get one you see if you've got two three laps in one of those goes with track limits you're immediately then under the cosh that's your own fault really the, yeah, the, but these, these drivers are meant to be the best saloon car racers in the UK meant to be the best saloon car racers in the UK and they are being asked to put, be put in situations where you've got to perform when needed to get the results that you need I accept that but equally you want every driver to be pushing to be the fastest they can be I don't know I, I, again I think if you're going to enforce track limits so aggressively and fair enough they have been very consistent the marshals mm, on you know, it's not like f1 where this corner will only be enforced yeah. if you overtake on it or there, there, there is know. a specific technological system now yeah. in place for them to go right you've gone too far here yeah. i don't know why they can't introduce this into f1 but putting those pressure pads down is excellent one criticism of it is it isn't every track it's only the msv ones well, that's the simplest solution for f1 is they come and race a selection rather than oh, Silverstone. perfect <laughs> but, um, but yeah you know I, d- I think that 10 minutes of snatching is too short if they're going to run the 300 circuit. I, yeah, that's yeah. my view. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how it develops and, and whether this full system does come in um, for possibly next season or whether they'll look to just carry on as it was before. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get into the action on Sunday now and move on to race number one. Race one. Well, unfortunately, Sam may have slightly oversold uh, what we're going to discuss here in terms of action. It was a fairly simple win for Turkington, lights the flag. Ingram put him under pressure in the opening couple of laps. Again, it's interesting to see that even in the conditions we'd expect the BMW to be at its best, it still takes one, two, three laps to really come up to temperature. Um, and I think Ingram knew that going into the race that his chance to strike was going to be very much in those first couple of laps. Um, but ultimately, despite a couple of attempts, he got alongside twice. He wasn't able to make any of the moves stick. Yeah, it's, it's, we know that Tom Ingram likes to attack in those early laps. And we both said at the time at the track that we felt that that was the best opportunity that he would have. Um, if I remember rightly, he got a decent start and was probably sort of like level with the BMW, considering how well the BMW is meant to start. Um, one thing we must note is that I think it was the top six were all on the option tyre. Yeah, a lot um, of the field opted for it in race one, which made sense with the heat that were only supposed to get warmer. Yes, I think the only the only drivers inside the top ten that didn't were both the focuses of Hill and Jackson. 
Um, although Jackson made a wonderful start. Yeah, to be fair to Jackson, he well, he had a wonderful weekend as we'll get to. But yeah, yeah, he seemed to get every decision right and was able to seem to just drive whatever he was dealt. Really, yeah, he, he was surprisingly one of the only, if you say, cars in the top ten not to go with the soft tyre for race one. Um, I'm slightly surprised because you know, the day was only going to get mm. more and more uh, hot, and you kind of want to run that when you're the less heavy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the, the opening laps were, I don't know, fairly pedestrian. Not much happened. Oh, race was fairly pedestrian. We, one thing of note is we didn't see a safety car all weekend. Not in the not, tourists. Not no. in the tourists, yes. Um, and, yeah, once those top three of Turkington, Ingram and Butcher, like, gapped to Gielli, Jackson, gapped to Jackson, yep. um, is that they were just sauntering off into the distance, really. Butcher had a slight problem towards... The middle of the race. No, he had it from the start. He had it from the start. Yeah, in his driver interview after he confirmed that sort of on the go-to lap he had uh, his gear link. Um, it's the synchro, wasn't it? Yeah, so every time he had to change gear, he had to he lift had, off the throttle, which he said took him back to his Formula Four days. Yeah, <laughs> and and for him to still bring the car home where he did is is a really good effort. Mm. Um, oh, and he was still faster than those guys behind him. Oh yeah, he was he was a long way down the road from Jelly, who ultimately finished four for best part of four or five sec four and a half seconds away yeah. from Jelly, which isn't and although bad. although towards the end of the race Butcher did start dropping away from Ingram and Turkington, where Ingram was trying to close up on Turkington, he was still he was, in, in visual distance. Yeah, he was he was comfortable and towards the end of the race. If you it's hot, you've had to do that extra level of concentration. Yeah. You know you're not going to get third. You know the guy in fourth is not going to catch you unless you make a mistake. So don't make a mistake. Just slow it off. Look after the tyres. Get the car home. It's a it's the first podium of the year for you and the first yeah. podium for Toyota Gazoo Racing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, much better than how last weekend was going for him. Yeah, out front, if you say Turkington and Ingram uh, exchanged fastest laps, but yeah, once once the uh, Norman yeah, Irishman got away, there, there was, was no a, real chance. There was a point mid race where we thought, okay, Ingram's starting to to close up maybe save the tyres a little bit and I think he got within a second um, and then he made some sort of mistake going into Murray's and the next lap he was nearly sort of like two seconds down um, and that that was his really only chance apart from the start of the race where he got anywhere close to Turkington who was just faultless really although you kind of feel that if he had stayed in the second Turkson had more to give as well I, yes. I, I think that's fair to say that I yeah. don't think Turkson was driving the wheels off the car and certainly not after the um, first two uh, laps had settled down and Turkey started to you know take out that lead. Uh, Morgan was in a sort of a battle with everyone. Everyone, yeah, as you say, <laughs> it seemed <laughs> to be every, everyone for fourth down to about fourteenth, um, and they were switching and swapping places. Um, it, yeah, no one made any big mistakes. No one got shuffled out too badly. Um, but yeah, down down through the grid, we had Sutton starting down from what sixteenth, seventeenth, along with Cook. Uh, well, he was fourteenth because he was elevated up to fourteenth. Yeah, um, and obviously we had Shedden coming from the back of the grid. Now we said before the start of the race, how many places is Shedden going to make up by the time he gets to us? And we were on back straight at that point, and uh, we both said six, didn't we? And he'd made up a grand total of none. Although by the end of the race, he has made up fourteen. So yes, yes, you know. he. he, he got to work once everything had settled down I think he just kept out of trouble in those that opening lap um, being down there with those drivers who are less experienced of of racing um, 
It's probably a good tactic. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing was recovery for him. You know, he's going to have to, you know, recover and make make the best of the weekend he'd been dealt after the uh, qualifying incident. Um, I mean, not to put too much final points in there. That's basically it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. t- that's the eighth win Turk has taken around Snetterton. Only Plato's taken more. Would you like to guess any wins that Snetterton Plato has? Ten. Arbitrary number time. No, yeah. more than that. Uh, Thirteen. Correct. Lovely. Lovely. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, only only Plato's more successful round Snetterton than and Turkington. If I remember rightly, Turkington scored his 155th podium Was in it? that race. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah. So another milestone for him. Um, yeah, it was much of a muchness race one. Yeah, I mean, special shout-outs to Jelly, Jackson and Lloyd, who I thought were running higher than you perhaps expect them to be and all did very well. Yeah. They all sort of battled together quite nicely. Lloyd was looking very racy and, uh, and could have possibly finished sixth, but he had a go at Ollie Jackson uh, and Adam Morgan was able to pick him off. Which, yeah. you know, but if you don't have a go, you don't win a... Yeah, you don't move a place. And I was going to say, they were all bumper to bumper and it, it almost... You have to balance that attacking the people in front between not losing too much to the time time to the person behind. Uh, the only other things of note was that Chilton got into a spin, possibly tagged, possibly not. The camera didn't quite pick that up on the ITV footage to what had happened, but he certainly span. Uh, and then, unfortunately, he, in my view, he rejoined the track far too quickly, uh, which made Jess Hawkins, who was running fairly well, uh, yeah, she was what 16th, 17th at yeah, that time. Yeah, she was close-ish to the points around that time, um, but the children came on too soon, and Hawkins had to take evasive action, had to go off of the grass herself. A bit poor by Tom. Who I was going to say that from. is that is quite poor from Tom, and to be the innocent party in that is, is really unlucky. Um, but a driver of his experience, you'd have thought, okay, yeah, you're angry with yourself if you spun, or even if you've been tagged. But you need to ensure the safety of the other drivers when you're rejoining the track. Yeah, it's it's what you'd expect a rookie to make. Yep. I've lost count of how long uh, Chilton's been in this 2002? series. Well, long long enough to know long better, enough. put it that yes. way. Very uh, much so. And then, I suppose Jake Hill was the only other person to mention, did well to bring the car home in the points with Max and Banas on board uh, yep. and the soft tyres. Yeah, Ash Sutton didn't make too much progress, only finished 11th, um, but that meant that they cleared the weight for race 2, which we will see be quite crucial. Race 2. Moving into race 2 now, um, the hottest of the day. Um, Unfortunately, there was a a small little game going on, which we were also watching, so uh, we may have missed parts of this one. Um, and really the story of race two was Ash Sutton and just how blooming quick he seems to be without any weight on board in that car. It is ridiculous. And we've said it before, it's a rocket ship. But he, he can also do it with weight on as we'll get to with race yes, two. I, yeah. I don't, it's race three, so I don't know what the matter was in race one. I just don't understand it. But something clicked in race two yeah. with a set of changes... He has the soft tyre for this race, yes. which I thought was bold to run that in the hottest race of the weekend. Track temperatures are round about, well, we'll round it out, 50 degrees. But it, it would give him the, the best opportunity early on in the race to fight oh, past yes. those people, which it, it certainly did. Um, having started from 11th on the grid, um, anyone in front of him must have been scared for what was coming behind and, and constantly looking in the mirrors. 
because he just made moves look effortless and was doing moves in places that you don't expect overtakes to be done. Like one of his moves was coming into Palmer, which is not an overtaking yep. place. Yeah. Um, it was just astonishing the way that he cut through the field. It was almost either a position or two positions a lap until he got up to the top three. Um, where he then had to work a little bit harder to try and get past Turkington and Ingram. I mean, some of the moves were classic after Sutton, though. I mean, was, he had doing it all weekend. He was making them defend into Richie's to then force them wide, and he'd slip back before the corner was done to be on the inside for the next turn in. Yeah. I mean, Butcher was the only one who really gave no resistance whatsoever. I think once he'd seen how quickly uh, he, but Sutton had picked off Jelly, who was behind him. I think Butcher knew the right was on the wall, wasn't interested in getting involved into a scrap and effectively just conceived the place very, I, very quickly. I think a lot of drivers inside the top ten were like, Okay, you've got you've got far more pace than I've got. You're gonna go past me and past the rest of them. Yeah. And they'd much rather focus on their own battles with the drivers around them that are carrying a similar sort of weight on the similar um tire and just make the most out of that rather than trying to battle with someone who will eventually get past. What I would say is that we have jumped to Sutton and fair enough because he was the race yeah, winner. Sorry. No, no, fair enough he was the race winner. Ollie Jackson got a demon start here. He hung it start, outside yeah. for the first two corners and ended up you know, behind Turkington in second. Yeah, it was... I, I don't know where he got it from, really. Because no. you, you expect, yeah, okay, rear-wheel drive cars are going to have the best start off the line uh, and, and power up that slight incline that you've got at Snetterton. But yeah, his his move into the second corner was almost like Dan Dare around the outside while everyone was concertinering up on the inside. He called it uh, hanging the old wall of death around uh, yeah. turn two. And of course, he was on the soft tyres, which he said gave him a bit of a push off the line. Yeah. Um, but no, a really ballsy move, made it stick. And he improved a lot last year. He's improved a lot again this year. There's a real racer in Ollie Jackson, isn't there? Yeah, there certainly is. And he, he also continued to have a battle with... Uh, with Ingram throughout the race. Um, Turkington had got a little gap to them before Sutton had come charging up behind all of them. And um, we, we thought that Turkington was pretty much holding his own with, with the weight that he had on board. Yeah, I think the fact that Jackson got behind him but didn't really have the pace to push Colin for the win. Uh, and then, of course, because of that, Jackson always had Ingram in his rearview mirror until... It was an infin- infinity or infinity, if you're a trackside commentator. Uh, perhaps he's right. Maybe we're wrong. Yeah, maybe we are. But I, I'm calling it the infinity. Uh, but yeah, Jackson was very, very quick, but not quick enough to really keep on the back of Colin. Yeah, I, I mean, not much else sort of like happened at the front of the pack. Um, there, there was an interesting instant on, I believe it was lap one, wasn't it? Um, towards the back where. Parfit and um, Geddy managed to get together, um, which had a little concertina effect, and we we saw Tom Chilton coming down the back straight with the the bonnet pushed up and the front pushed in of his car, where we think he's got caught up in this incident as well. Um, but if you're Tom Chilton, you shouldn't really be down there, should you? I completely agree, and I think this this season's already having all the hallmarks of Chilton's season last season. Few too many mistakes, getting caught up in other people's incidents, you know. He's now had a really good car two years running. Yep. Um, and at the minute, he's just not making it work. I know he's got to get used to a real drive car. I know it's a new team. I know it's a new setup. I know it's going to be easier for Morgan to hit the ground running because it's not so much changed for him. But 
I'm just looking at thinking when 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 it well is is Chilton's best years behind him. Do you think he's being hampered by these this work that he's doing for Hyundai um, in the electric touring car se- series that they're looking to um, promote? Hampered might be too strong a word, but I do certainly think that once you have more than one discipline you're focusing on, it becomes hard. We've seen that in the past with James Thompson. Mm. We might see it this year of Harry King in the Porsches, who's yep. doing uh, the Super, Super Cup. Cup as well. I think that realistically, you should only have one championship, in my opinion, um, because that's what you can give your all to. I think it's very difficult to give your all to multiple ones. I know a lot of these drivers do guest driving at Goodwood, and it's best different as a one-off weekend. Yeah. Yeah. To actually commit yourself to another championship, to me, how can you be completely focused on what your what, what one takes priority? It, do, you, do you think it's selfish of him? Obviously, yes, you want to go out and try to do as many things as you want as a driver, and and push boundaries and stuff like that especially moving into possibly a new era of electric based vehicles for touring cars we, we've seen how Formula E has developed over the last four or five years do you think that he's almost looking beyond this season and going right this is what I'm going to move into next and he's setting the groundwork do you think that's then unfair for competing in touring cars this year I don't think it's selfish I think it'd be less selfish if he was running as an independent because it's then his own team he can yeah. decide what he does to. I think it is a little bit... Like presumably his, the, you know, the team car, car gods have um, yeah. greenlit this. But you look at it and think, you're in a new team. You've been given what should be one of the best cars on the grid. It's certainly one of the best three, four cars on the grid statistically. <clears throat> yeah. You want to win a championship. You've now had... A title-winning car, which you couldn't get anything out of last year. Mm. You've got another title-winning car this year. You look at Tom Chilton's career, he's had such good machinery over the years and not converted it. The best he's done the championship was in a Ford with Fred Wheat. Wheat and he finished third. Which wasn't one of the best cars on the grid. Yeah. So, I don't think it's selfish, but I think that if he wants to be a BTC champion, he's had a lot of opportunities at a lot of good-end teams. Vauxhall, Dynamics, now we're at Car Gods of Sicily. Last year, BTC. Name, name a team and Tom's probably driven for them. And he's had good machinery over the years. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's, I'm more disappointed, I think, because I'm, we know Tom is a good racer, historically speaking. I just wonder if we're watching the decline. Quite possibly. Um, he wasn't the only one caught up in that incident. There was a little bit of damage to um, Jade Edwards as well. However, it was only Geddy and Chilton that weren't able to continue uh, Rick Parfit was then trundling around at the back for all the rest of the race. I don't know, don't know whether there was more mechanical issue with that or um, whether he'd just lost so much ground that he wasn't able to catch back up. Yeah, frustratingly, this wasn't shown on the ITV coverage, which I've spilled through this morning. Um, but I can confirm that Rick Parfit received an official reprimand and had his license endorsed by the addition of two penalty points uh, for that incident involving Lingetti. Said incident we're not too aware of. No, no. Um, later on in the race, uh, Jake Hill, the previous championship leader coming into this weekend, he had uh, issues that dropped him right to the, almost right to the back of the field in the, in the last couple of laps. Yeah, his his tyres went. He was. Um, he said that he could hear the uh, metal tubing in the tyres and was worried about having a blowout or a puncture. Um, there was some whispering. Ash Sutton said in his interview after race three that there was some whisperings up and down the paddock. There was some punctures towards the end of race one um, that went fairly unnoticed because it was the last lap so there are possibly issues with the soft tyres which again brings back my 
hatred of them. I quite like having the one tyre, particularly when it gets to the heat of this weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed that he had a problem with the tyres, uh, Hill, and as such, you say, he just dropped like a stone and he had the highs a couple of weeks ago leading the championship and back down to earth this weekend. Very much so. Uh, Aidan Moffat made a little bit of progress, obviously in the, the same infinity as Sutton. Um, Jack Goff managed to finish inside the top 10 which was good showing from him and Shedden has managed to recover up to 11th um, which put him in, in relative good stead considering the, the bad start to uh, the weekend after that almost reprimand from qualifying Yeah, the last two laps between Ingram and Jackson were really good viewing um, both well, Ingram trying to take uh, the final spot on the podium, Jackson ran wide and allowed Ingram the chance through, then Jackson fought him back for it and they were nip and tuck for a couple of corners and then Ingram made an uncharacteristic mistake and ran wide himself. So it was, you know, it was a really good little battle between them, it was fair racing between the two of them, which is always good to see and Jackson did really well to hold on to third. I, I must make note, because it was in pre-predictions, um, is that by this point we still, the end of race two, we still haven't seen a Honda inside the top, top ten. Um, with Shedden up in 11th, you've got Cook, Rowbottom, Proctor in 14th, 15th and 16th. The, apart from Shedden, there didn't seem to be any real pace in that Honda this weekend. No, I agree with you. Um, Proctor had a very trying weekend as well. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great weekend for the Hondas. It was alluded to in commentary that um, perhaps there was an issue with the heat. That Obviously, they did struggle at Brands last week. We'll get to the predictions, but yeah, you've got a point already, so you know, you keep going on about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, moving just to, to round up the top ten, sorry, for that race. Uh, Sutton won from Turkington from Jackson on the podium. Uh, Ingram from Butcher. Oliphant managed to almost recover back to sixth. Uh, Jelly in seventh, Morgan eighth, Goff ninth, and Moffat in tenth. Yeah, and just a couple of other quick shout-outs. Um, Hawkins made a really nice move on Edwards uh, through Lieses in this race. Yep. And Plato went backwards, finishing 20th. Yeah. It wasn't a good show from this weekend, was it? No, as I said in, in the warm-up pod, I did think the Voxels were going to struggle. The, uh, the thing is, he finished that race 13 seconds behind Sam Osborne yes. in 19th. He wasn't like... On the tail end of of a battling group, he was well back. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I don't know whether the heat had got to him in his in his old age, and he just couldn't couldn't get it all hooked up. Maybe if it cools down, uh, he might come to a, back to a bit of form. I think part of the problem will be the age of the car and the lack of data last year on running in these sort of heat conditions. You know, yep. only ran one car last year, as we know, with drivers of varying degrees of ability. And now you're running, I think, did we get this this sort of heat last year? Because it was a later season, I don't think we did. No, it, it was only at, at Brands that we had this sort of heat. Um, I yep. think it got to nearly 30 at Brands last year. But that was obviously first, first, second round of last season. And they didn't run a guest driver at Brands from memory? Nope. So I think that could have hurt them a lot as well. Yes, very much so. Um, just before we move on to race three, the number seven ball was picked out for the reverse grid which would mean that Jelly would be starting on pole. Yep, and just finally, uh, this was the only race that attracted penalties over the weekend. Uh, Senna Proctor was penalised with five seconds to his race time for an incident involving Dan Rowbottom. Don't know what that was, we didn't see it. And Chris Smiley was penalised by addition of one second to his race time for an incident involving Dan Lloyd, which effectively uh, swapped positions back. So I imagine it was a push to pass or an illegal pass that he didn't then give back. And it's good seeing the marshal still 
um, oh, sorry, the stewards still doing that and doing that fairly consistently. Yeah, credit to them that they they have kept on top of everything so far this season. That we haven't seen any anything untoward go unpunished. No, they've um, been hot on the stuff. Yeah. yeah. But we shall move on to race three. Race two. Well, race three, as it so often is, was the most action-packed uh, round of this Nesson weekend. Uh, Jenny blasted away from pole with Tom Oliphant alongside, and it looked for a couple of laps if it could be a, a one-two for BMW. Yeah, we know that the, the textbook for their starts of, um, of getting off that line so well and almost getting that little buffer that they need in inside the first lap. Um, and... Yeah, those those two. Jelly wasn't didn't have much weight on board, and we thought, okay, well maybe he can continue and um, go and take down the win. But I don't know. That top six almost concertinaed up midway through the lap, didn't it? Yeah, and it's worth pointing out before the race started, we found out who was where. We both said Tom Ingram. Yeah. For race win. Yeah. So good to see. We sometimes know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um. He. I don't know, he, he was quite measured, wasn't he? Um, he started from, what, third, fourth on the grid um, after the reverse? And he made the moves, he took advantage of moves, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think he was right place, right time when we saw, um, well, effectively, the, the all sides fall apart when Jelly locked a wheel going, uh, braking, uh, lock, locked a wheel and then had to readjust his brake bias, which then meant he braked very, very early for the next corner, which completely caught out Oliphant, who ran into the back of Jelly. I mean, if you could put Benny Hill over the top... I was going to say, you know, it's a comedy of errors there. Or Curb Your Enthusiasm theme tune over the yeah. top. But uh, that allowed Jackson to try and hang it round the outside for the uh, lead. Jackson would then get into Oliphant, or spin Oliphant, which effectively took Oliphant and Jackson out of the race. Jackson retiring with damage, possible puncture. Uh, possible suspension damage. Oliphant sent into a spin and was able to rejoin. Oliphant was right down. He got pushed basically to the back of the grid, didn't he? Pretty much. Uh, and that, of course, allowed the pack behind through, which there you go. That, Jelly did keep first. Yeah. Um, and then Ingram was on his tail, and Ingram made the move a couple of laps later. Yeah, Ingram made the move. Um, Sutton was putting, putting pressure on. Um, but not forcing anything, was he? Where, where we've seen him in in past, try and make the move and make sure of the move nice and early in the race. He he wasn't pushing for it, was he? No, by the, by the end of the first few corners, he's already ahead of Colin, and that's yeah. effectively job where, done for us. Where Ash, he you needed know. to be, yeah. and then he just sort of like took advantage of obviously Oliphant and Jackson falling back and um, making the moves where necessary. The one driver that made major moves in this race, however, was Gordon Shedden, and he almost showed that that qualifying pace that had put him on a, a provisional pole position, um, and he was able to battle through from, uh, what, 11th and finish in third overall. And Cook did a similar job as well. Yes, yeah. From 14th to 4th, so... And Shedden was... I don't know, could he have made a little bit more? He got quite punchy with some of his moves. I have to say there's a particular move on Jelly which I don't like at all. They're running side by side and yeah. it was hip and shoulder but on a straight. And to mm. me, you don't you do not do that. There's no need for that. No. Um, I know he's ang- probably quite annoyed and probably desperate to make up the places and what have you. But to me, I mean, which is daft because then the move on uh, a bit later on on Jelly was textbook shed and he fainted to the outside and cut into the inside right at the last minute and made a fantastic move, you yeah. know. But it was all that... It, Tim Harvey explained it well in commentary uh, where he said that 
Yeah, he's trying to intimidate him there. There's no need, just no need for it, in my opinion. Yeah, especially with someone like Jelly, who is so experienced in in touring cars, you're not gonna, I don't know, almost out muscle or scare him off the track, are you? No, just get just get your move done. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need for the sort of mind games or like that. I was a bit disappointed with that, but I guess when you've had two weekends like the way Shen's had, and realistically, let's not let's not you know um, over egg this, but he could be leading the championship. Oh yeah. Yeah, if if he hadn't had that issue or contact, should I say, at um, Thruxton, yep, and then had that technical er- error issue, infringement, yeah, yeah, um, it's like what could have been, especially for a team that's almost hit the reset button this year and has brought in two different drivers, changed possibly sort of like backroom layout and, and where Matt Neal now has a place in the team and stuff like that. And to have lost that um, UASA backing is is fairly major for them. And Honda, of Which course. Which Kamish still seems to have. Yes, he took on the UASA, yeah. UASA backing. Interesting. We'll um, leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, going going through the rest of the drivers in the race, Colin pretty much held position down his seventh, didn't do anything spectacular, didn't get caught up in anything and scored solid points with no. uh, a heavy car. Yeah, Morgan had a look. Uh, sort of midway through the race, but couldn't make anything stick, and you know that's typical Colin. I think he managed the weight well, happy to get decent points in the top ten. It's a long old championship, and it, it was consistent weekend from Butcher as well, uh, finishing yep. sixth, uh, along with Morgan and Goff, who again held held position and scored decent points. Um, the other driver of note was Jake Hill, who we of course said had that issue in race two and finished down in about 24th and he managed to make up 12 places in this race finishing 12th which will give him a little bit more encouragement um, knowing that the pace is there in the car with um, all all going well and smoothly and no weight on board of course yeah two of a sort of instance Carl Bordley was spun out on the first lap not sure who by again the pictures weren't particularly clear on that I, th- I do think I've mentioned before, ITV obviously they cover so much, which is great, but I do sometimes think because of the tight schedule, we don't get to see all incidents particularly further back because that's there's been an incident in all three races further back, and we've only seen one of them, which is in yeah. race one. Uh, it's not a criticism because they do a great job, and it's, you know, the, we need, if, if it means I can't see board, what happens to Bordley at the expense of seeing the Genetta Juniors, I'd much rather see the Genetta Juniors and see 12 angles of the Bordley incident. Yeah. But. Perhaps. Yeah, there's almost not enough uh, analysis behind drives and incidents that have happened in that race. Yeah, I um, think if they could do maybe extended highlights online or something after the event would be useful. Yeah, but yeah. but again, it's, it's yeah. Um, possibly the the happiest driver in this race outside of Tom Ingram taking the maiden win for um, Accelerate and the Hyundai um, is Jade Edwards, yes. who managed to score a point in fifteenth, um, and she she'd done really well she kept out of trouble she had good pace um, and yes it took for sort of like Jackson to have an issue and uh, fall back through the grid but she was there on merit and she's finished ahead of Oliphant obviously who had that spin and Moffat who had an off at, towards the end yeah. of the race trying to do an overtake he was forced wide he dropped about 8 positions I think yeah, I think that is the only thing about the way the infield of the circuit works is that it's very easy to bump somebody wide. Um, mm. it's, again, it's not Christmas circuit, out. it's just the way it works that you can hang them out. A bit like Alton Park in many ways, there's mm. lots of places to hang them wide because there's no real gravel traps that's net to turn. Is there any gravel traps that's net to turn? There is. No, there's a nice big field that you can run into there. Yeah, yeah. Because, of, because of that, it, it almost encourages the drivers that there's 
or what yeah. you can you know, barge people off in the same way you can't at some of the places like Silverstone which have you know, a large gravel track yeah. etc um, that's pretty much race 3 isn't it I mean yeah Plato again poor down in 18th Chilton recovered to 19th having had the carpets back together Aaron Taylor-Smith in the points again along with Goff uh, Team Hard on that side of it looking positive yeah. obviously Geddy again hasn't had a great weekend with with issues technical and not caused by himself but that half of the team seem to be getting a good rhythm of speed don't they yeah they've both scored points now um, they are sort of really really moving forward together as a garage um, and they, I mean I don't think it's impossible to, to suggest that there could well be a podium on the way for hard this year because I think they're both improving at a rate of knots yeah um, and race three is always very very unpredictable indeed I was going to say if if a number nine had been picked out from where Goff had finished race two then I think he'd have been in a, a relatively strong position mm, I agree uh, I think it's also worth mentioning that Geddy did, did make up places in uh, the third race there is, a, there is a racer in Geddy yes it's just there is bad luck along the way as well yeah. And it's also worth saying it was either in this race or race two. I can't remember. Hamilton did have a spin on his own. Um, still very much getting to, the, to learn the grips of that car. Um, the other thing to note in this race, finally, was that Proctor managed to have a puncher, which you'll be excited about. That it came through as your, on your predictions. Um, however, that did drop him all the way to the back. Uh, he didn't quite go a lap down, but he was being caught at the end by Ingram, Sutton and Shedden. Um, but... That's yeah. just unfortunate, isn't it? And then the other thing I would say, which is of no interest to anybody really, but we can see it from this, is that Chedden stops the car through this on one wheel. It was, but <laughs> it was incredible. He absolutely, it was three, effectively three wheels off the floor, and he was yeah. stopping it on his rear left. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. Those cars just stop and turn so so well. Yeah. Um, and that was those are sort of things you don't see on the telly because you, you have to be there to see those kind of things. There's those little nuances, and that's why it's so great to be back just and, to and see. And how much cars move under braking. His was one of them, especially going into the S's. Yeah. Is that it's so wiggly at the back end where it's been lifted, and there's no weight there, of course. Um, but yeah, seeing the, the car control of some of these drivers is immense. I think we should also just mention Sutton's drive to second because we have obviously mentioned it slightly, but. Let's not forget he had full success ballast, yeah. plus another 30 kg for being a real drive car. Yeah. So he's running, what, is that nearly a, a, effectively, what, 100, gram, 100 kilograms effectively? I mean, it's it's me on board. Yeah, you're a passenger for him. Yeah. And I, don't like, I, I drove to Sness in the back this weekend, and I normally drive alone, and I noticed I had a passenger in the car. And I, well, you know, and I wasn't racing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, that's a monumental effort of Sutton. I mean, questions have been asked across the uh, forums and Twitter, etc., etc. Do we think there'll be any form of uh, reduction on the car? I say no, on the basis that Moffat and Baldy are nowhere near these levels. And that is always going to be the argument for it. When there, there have been numerous discussions on social media and people going, oh, when, when's he going to be reined back in or or pulled level to what everyone else is doing he's a quick driver yeah and when we saw it in the MGs when he was racing those yeah exactly and when people are able to outclass the rest of the field like Camish did in Porsches like yeah. King did in Porsches 
I don't think there was anyone in Porsches going, uh, excuse me, can you, can you turn his down a bit? Because they're all the same car. Yeah. That is just pure quality of driver. And it is the same in this situation. For, he is that good. And furthermore, the whole point of this is similar to F1. You have teams, there are regulations to work within. If, yeah. if BMR found a way to make that car even better within the rules, yep. then you shouldn't punish them for that. Yeah, because I think BMR are specifically working on his car. Yeah. Where, whereas Laser Tools and uh, Team Hard are working with Moffat and Bordley. It is BMR that are powering him to his successes. They were there when he won his championship in the Subaru. And if we look back at the last two instances of where things have been turned down, it was with the Subarus, which all four, uh, well, all three were ridiculous. I mean, mm. Plato and Turkton were yeah down in, the straights, weren't they? Yeah, in the straight lines, they were they were just gobbling everything else up. Had to be because they're like boats in the corners. <laughs> right, and the BMWs before um, again. It wasn't just Turkerton, Oliphant was um, absolutely flying with him at the time as well, yeah. as was um, Jordan. Yeah. So I think that that plays into Sutton's favour, that I, I think you've just got a really good driver of a car that just ticks for him. I mean, uh, look at it with Tom Ingram. He's well ahead of the other three. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to get ready to order my humble pie. Would you like custard or cream? I might go cu- uh, cream, I think, yeah, okay. with pie, but we'll see. But no one's no one's suggesting that oh Ingram needs his car turning down this yeah. far too good etc etc. No, you've got a world class driver yeah. in a car getting everything out of it in the same way you have with Sutton in the it, Infinity. It's almost more noticeable for Sutton because he has these performances that means that he's in the mid teens and has to fight back. Yeah, it. I don't think we'd see drivers like Ingram or Cook or Turkington fighting back from those positions as well as Sutton does. I don't think if you put Turkington into that car, Turkington goes from 11th to 1st. Not because, no. I blame, that's not a dig on Turkington, it's because Sutton is a natural overtaker, yep. wants to race, wants to go wheel to wheel, wants to do it through tricky sections, etc, etc, and this car ticks every box Sutton wants. Yep. It, it, it turns on a sixpence, it's it's not actually that fast in the straights. No, it isn't. It's, it is it just makes, dry, drive out of corners yeah. and acceleration. Yeah, and the balance and the setup to get through the trickier more technical parts of circuits that's where he makes all the time that's where all his moves came in the in that sort of infill section that's where he makes the most of the car and again he's somebody who knows how to set up an overtake he knows how to do an overtake and he's one of the three four gift most gifted drivers on the grid yeah totally agree um should we get on to some driver grades and see how our predictions one more point what? We should probably say a massive congratulations to Hyundai for their first oh, win yeah. in the sport. Uh, Ingram bringing that home for them at a track. He tends to go well that, but doesn't win too often that. Um, Proves the doubters wrong, doesn't he? It's starting to prove the doubters <laughs> wrong. I would argue the caveat that I was surprised at Thruxton. He goes well at Snetterton. If he gets a good round of results at Brands, then yes, I think we have to accept he's in the t- title fight. But let's see where we are after Brands, because we're at the short Brands next. Yep. I think that's going to be a real, real proving ground for who's going to be in this championship who's not. Yeah, right then, let's move on to driver grades. Yep, so it's time to review the grades for the drivers this weekend and let's start off with Colin Turkington looking to get himself back into the championship after a poor uh, opening weekend of Thruxton and I've gone for an A this time round. Yeah, it's a solid weekend from him. He got the win, uh, effectively took pole position I think does he get a point for that no because he been, inherited no but he'll get a you don't get a point for quality pole anymore do you yeah do you oh, oh no because they got go. the wing foot they got the wing foot yeah. yeah. ignore me carry on um, 
did what he needed to do in race one, controlled it very well. Race two, he, um, I thought he was, he handled it well. Sutton was obviously getting past him, and then when Sutton's tyres started to go, he just put the pressure on trying to force Asher to a state, but wasn't ready to risk a second place, which makes perfect sense. Uh, and then seven with full rate, weight on board with, uh, with a uh, lighter cars charging behind him, did well to himself in seventh. Good, yep. Good weekend. A eh? uh, Tom Oliphant, disappointing weekend again. Um, he clearly has the pace in the car over a single lap. Yep. It's putting it together in a race. It's staying out of incidents in race. It's improving the race craft, just like I've said in the past. Mm. Um, see. Yeah, it's uh, almost a lacklustre weekend compared to what Jelly's done. Yeah, talking of Jelly, we've got to go with B. You know, he makes a top yeah. 10 shootout. Surprising weekend from him. Races well, yep. in, you know, among other you know, really good drivers. He has weekends like this throughout the season, doesn't he, where he goes, OK, I'm going to have a good one this one. You'll be disappointed not to have had a podium in race three, but when you look at the circumstances of the... Yep. the you're against Ash Sutton, a weightless Gordon Shedden and, a and Ingram, Ingram. You know, those yeah. are drivers you would probably expect him to finish behind. If we're being honest, yep. so you know, no, no harm there. Uh, Moffat in the first of the Lays Tool Machines. See, oh, when's it going to happen for him? I mean, he's still very young, obviously, but just he's stalled. It's frustrating, isn't it? He's stalled because we know the pace that's in the car. We know the pace that Moffat's got. Yeah. The way he used to get the drag back Mercedes round. Yeah. He's a race winner, yeah. a multiple race winner. I know. He's just stalled a bit. Yeah. C. Uh, Ash Sutton, going to go for a B. Obviously, didn't qualify in the top 15. Uh, sorry, top 10, sorry. Obviously, there was an engine issue. Didn't make great progress in race one. It looked to be a really trying weekend. And then, obviously, the weekend turned almost, from there. Yeah, almost had to wait until the weight came off to get into his groove, almost. Um, but then was absolutely fine with the weight back on in race three. It was an yeah, odd one. Um, yeah. Got to be a B, I think. It's over the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Bordley, we both well, we I had him as a prediction in the top ten shootout. You didn't think that was completely crazy. No, and I thought he was gonna win Jack Sears this weekend. So to be ended where he's ended up disappointed. Disappointing. Very disappointing. And do you know what starts do you know what letter starts with disappointing? That would be a D. Correct. Yeah. Uh row bottom next up. Row bottom. Mm, a poor showing compared to what he achieved last time out. Uh, for me, yeah, he had a, a really nice weekend at Thruxton. Yeah, he got a tyre choice wrong when changing conditions, but this weekend he was just there or thereabouts, just outside the top ten. And but, yeah, but what I would say is he scored points, points. in all three races. That's yeah. five out of six he scored in, and you can almost yeah, Thruxton caught a lot of people out more experienced than him. Yep, and one or three Jack Sears races. Yeah. Jack Sears leader, so I've gone for a C. Yeah, I think that's fair. Shedden, a B, had the pace, moved forward all weekend. I think B's what, a what bit... What could have been if he hadn't been a degree out on wing angle? I think possibly. B's perhaps a little too... Um... Uh, it's a good fight back through the field. Yeah, yeah. In race three. Well, uh, throughout the weekend, I suppose, yeah. so, yeah. Uh, Dan Cambridge isn't here, obviously, but if he were grading him for his Porsche, it'd be an A... Probably, but we're not here to. We did a right in the Porsches this weekend. First and second, and yeah. second place in the pole uh, yeah. on the probably not bad. Uh, Josh Cook, poor weekend from a man who is always there or thereabouts in the championship, but can't seem to string those results together when it counts. Yeah, it's almost him and Hill had disappointing run out this weekend after such a higher Thruxton. Um, and I don't know, he was in part of the Hondas that struggled until that final race. Yeah, didn't qualify well. 
didn't really move through the field that well until race three where suddenly it all came alive yep. uh, so we've gone for a uh, C, C for him uh, Jade Edwards points points finally points um, and <laughs> I think she's the first woman to score points in a touring car race since 2006 three I thought we'll, we'll check that one but yeah, yeah it, it's a it's been a long time coming. Um, and, Leggett, and I hope this is the first of many to come this season, because she she's growing into that seat. Mm. Um, B. Yeah, I think that's fair. Jake Hill, we've gone for a D for Jake Hill. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, he had the full weight on board. He did well to get into the top ten in qualifying. I think a D is slightly harsh, I have to say. I, I had got C. You, you pulled me down to a D. It's, it's such a disappointing... Yes, OK, he got into the top ten. Was it him not being able to manage the tyres that meant that he had that issue in race two? Or was it the conditions? The Ford struggled in the heat with tyres at Brands, Brands. Hatch last year. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think it's a Jake Hill problem. So, yeah, but... I don't know. It, it was just disappointing compared to what what happened for him last weekend but or last time out, should I say? Perhaps, perhaps that's you know let's flip it around. It's almost a backhanded compliment in a way. We we expect a level from Hill now. We certainly do. And that obviously wasn't quite there this weekend. Conversely, uh, Jackson, I've gone for a B. He, there's a real race with Ollie Jackson. Yeah, he's developing really nicely, and and some of the moves that he pulled this weekend were really encouraging to show that he's gonna be a proper proper racer yeah it's taken a long time to develop though yeah but he's always had the you know it's difficult to develop when you're at, towards the back of the grid in yeah. you know machinery that isn't particularly strong uh he's taken another podium and yeah, he, he he can race he can race he knows how to defend you know he he does very very well in the car and he's improving all of the time so uh osborne in the other ford in the wearer side of the garage, gone for a D, no points scored, ground lost in the um, Jack Sears and just didn't have much all weekend. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Andy Neat wasn't there. Uh, we haven't covered Andy Neat not being here because we did cover it in the preview pod. All I will say is I thought Jess Hawkins spoke excellently on this in the ITV coverage in her interview. So if any of you haven't seen that, I would suggest you go and check that out. And there's also suggestions, rumours, uh, whispers that he has contributed to the rebuild of the hard car. Uh, following the incident of Thruxton. Yeah, there was a little video released by Team Hard saying that it took them three days to rebuild that car completely um, with a little message at the end, almost like a, a thank you for uh, a contribution. Yep, and Paul O'Neill alluded to this over the ITV coverage as well. So yep. uh, he's not there. I say I urge you to check out what uh, Jess Hawkins had to say on the matter. She spoke incredibly well for someone so uh, new to the series. And just going back to women scoring points in the BTCC, Please. it was Thruxton 2006, Fiona Leggett. Smashing, thank you. Uh, Butcher, Toyota, B. Solid weekend from him. Yeah, good weekend, third, um, fifth or sixth. Yeah, it's the sort of places that he'll be needing to uh, pick up throughout the rest of the year, uh, sprinkle with a couple of wins to keep him in a, a title fight. No silly driving either, which is nice no. to see from Butcher this weekend. Uh, Sam Smelt, a D. Nowhere in the other Toyota, no yep. real pace. Didn't finish one of the races, and um, yeah, just poor. Had an incident on his own as well, I think. Just needs to keep learning the car and see what, what could happen. But yep. 
at the minute he's not much used to butcher at the front. No. Uh, Ingram and A. Um, there's an argument St- for an A star, isn't there? Stellar but weekend. Um, missed out on the podium in race two. Just. Just. Um, but otherwise, apart from that, it's a, a really good weekend. Yep, absolutely. And he's brought right back in the championship hunt with that. Uh, Parfit involved in a couple of incidents again. Didn't score a point. Running towards the back of the field throughout the weekend. We've gone for a D. Obviously, he's still learning the car. Um, yep. But, yeah, it needs to start improving. Kind of expecting a little, more, little bit more from him. Yeah, uh, Butel gone for a C, again kept his powder dry, doesn't get into many trouble uh, or in any instances. Finishes uh, races importantly, doesn't he? Finishes races, you say, 26th, 22nd, 21st, so progressed throughout the weekend. Yep. I think there's a good driver in there, he's still very young as well, um, could be an, speaking. Could be another Jackson sort of figure. Yeah, just got to give him. If he could grow into it, then I think he could do well. And he's got Ingram as a mentor, potentially yep. as well, which is always useful. Uh, Chris Smiley gone for a C three points finishes but he's just so far off his teammate yeah but when your teammate is Tom Ingram you you kind of you've got to reassess your um, ambitions probably you you say this but the teammates of Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton don't get the same uh, benefit of the doubt do they no but but they're in like top quality cars and need to be winning races as well to help towards the teams and I don't think the team's championship is in Accelerate size, especially this season but Smiley has had a whole year in the car yes. and I think it's fair to say I'm expecting more top 10 finishes now and he's only done one so far this season but we know that he didn't particularly perform at BTC that's all I'm going to say it's odd that he got the seat ahead of Proctor some would say Yes, yeah, it'll be, in- it'll be interesting to see if there's a battle between the two of them throughout the rest of the season. Although, to, to be fair, actually, just to counter that, him and Proctor were fairly close all through last season, to be fair, actually. Yep. So, uh, Okay, so C for Smiley, Hamilton at D, didn't score points, had an incident on his own, didn't look particularly fast, it's a difficult circuit, he's still learning the car. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jack Goff at B, that's now... An- Six in a row? Uh, that is now six in a row in the six points. Six in a row in the points. Uh, a really good start for that car. Um, and something that he will be looking to develop on, gradually getting incrementally better each weekend, and two two finishes in the top nine. Let's put that in, yeah, and to put it into context, is a point behind Morgan and Oliphant. Wow, so that's not bad. Is that's it? not bad at all. Uh, I think there's definitely more to come from that car. It's looking better every weekend. So let's yep. see how that can carry on running. B for Goff, uh, D for Geddy. Again, just caught up in instance a bit too much. <sighs> Had to retire from race two. Did well in race three to climb to 22nd. But, again, I think there's a racer in there. Yeah, we saw that at the end of last season, that there is definitely a, a decent driver in there. And I think he will uh, be looking for a little more luck, shall we say. Yeah, that plays a huge part, of course. Uh, Aaron Taylor-Smith, gone for a C. Score points again. Yep. Looking fairly good in the car. As you say, that side of the garage is starting to come together now. Um, yep. That is... Uh, Three, four. Three out of six, so yeah. half not bad. And it, two of those scores were 18, so there or thereabouts. So he's you know, he's certainly improving all the time. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, who we got next? We've got Tom Chilton next. Got to be an E for me. Missed the top 15. Uh, sorry, missed, I keep going top 15. Missed the top 10. He, he had a really bad weekend here last season that was due, due to, I think, turbo issues. And this weekend, it's kind of his own making of not being quick enough and then being in the positions where, if incidents happen, you're going to get caught up in them. And they're never really recovering from them. Um, and he's certainly being outshone by Morgan. 
Yeah, massively so. He needs to really turn it around, as we discussed. Uh, Morgan, I've gone for a B. Three points finishes. Fought well around in the pack. Um, good points to the team. Consistent, if not spectacular. Yeah, he'll, he'll be looking <laughs> to kick Morgan, on. That's Morgan, isn't it? Yeah. Be very much looking to kick on in the rest of the season. Uh, Jason Plato and E, did he turn up? He may have, well, they, they could have put a guest drive in that this weekend and they'd have probably done better. Put Rob Austin in for the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Lloyd, going for a B, top 10 shootout, was, that was the surprise of the top yeah. 10 shootout. And uh, then his performance in race one to hold his own, yes, he dropped back a little more in race two and race three, um, but a good solid weekend from him. I think people have forgotten that he is a good driver. Yes. Uh, he Taking has, a win. He's a, yeah, he's a race winner. He's a very fast driver, naturally fast driver. I yeah. think he's going to improve as the season goes on. And Jason's going to be on his toes with that one. Uh, Jess Hawkins, finally, to round it all off. I'm going to go for a C. Didn't disgrace herself. Was close to the points in race one until the Chilton incident. So unlucky with that. Yeah. Raced well against Jade. Put a nice move on her in race two. Yeah. Race Ten three. Race three, it fell apart a bit. Possibly fitness, maybe. You've had... You know, it's Such really hot. hot. Yeah. You're not racing touring cars week in, week out. I know right. she's got other bits and pieces on the go, but you know, I'm just. You look at the drivers that do this week in, week out, and they're struggling. You just yeah. wonder if that plays a part at all. Um, but no, a, a good show from yeah. her in a weekend where she stands in. I think one of her, her interviews across the weekend, she'd be uh, saying she was looking to push for a seat next season. Absolutely. Right, let's take you quickly through what that does to the standings before we close off with our updates to the predictions. Yeah. Uh, that will see us through. So we have a new leader at the top of the uh, standings. It's Ash Sutton, two points ahead of Tom Ingram, who is a further three points ahead of Colin Turkins. So five points separate the top three. A bit of a gap forming 15, to Cook. 15-point gap already to Cook in fourth uh, on 60 points. Then Jake Hill, Rory Butcher, uh, Jelly. Plato didn't score this weekend, has dropped him all the way down to eighth. Uh, and then Ollie Jackson and Shedden to finish off the top 10. Yep, Adam Morgan's floating around 11th, five point behind Shedden. Then we've got Oliphant, Goff, Rowbottom and Camish in your top 15. Moffat down in 17 is a bit disappointing, uh, as is Chilton, who's only scored five points so far. Bordley's got four, we expected a slightly better showing from him. And we've currently still got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight drivers who haven't scored points. Obviously, I don't expect to see Jess Hawkins again this season, so we won't have a situation where all drivers score points. Although there's still time for all regular drivers to score points. Yeah, uh, moving into the manufacturers and constructors, BMW lead the way on 180 points from Motorbase slash Ford uh, with 170, and then Toyota on 125. Into the teams, Laser Tools Racing lead the team standings, three points ahead of Team BMW. Ash Sutton doing that and wonders for that team. Uh, MB are only two points behind BMW. That's a really impressive yep. situation to be in for uh, Hill and Jackson. That's very, very good indeed. And Ginkster's Accelerate, which is just the Tom Ingram side of things, is fourth. That's impressive on his own. Ahead of BTC Racing, Adrian Flux. I'm fairly sure that's on his own, isn't it? I'm fairly sure it is because he accelerated trade price. I imagine no, that might no, be. No, that, that I think that's with Smiley, actually. No, it is with Smiley. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, moving into the independent drivers and joint top, we have Ingram and Sutton on 86 points. A little bit of a gap back to Josh Cook on 69, followed by Adam Morgan. Jack Goff up there in fifth. Um, Dan Lloyd ahead of Jason Plato. I, I, that's mad to, to think that that's possible. Um, Dan Rowbottom in eighth, 
ahead of Shedden. That's also mad. Yeah. Um, and then Moffat, Smiley, Camish, obviously not coming back. Uh, Taylor Smith, Bordley, Chilton, Danny, 15th in the independence. In the independent teams, Ginksters accelerate with trade price cars, lead the way. They are five points clear of Laser Tools Racing with Agent Flux, Power Max behind them. Going back to, I suppose, the independent drivers and the um, drivers, I did say at the start of the season, a two-horse race, and I know only two rounds in, but, mm. okay, it might be a three-horse race now, but it's certainly looking that it's going to be one of two for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the Jack Sears, just to finalise these standings. Uh, Dan Robottom won the Jack Sears this weekend. All three um, races. And takes a lead of 11 points uh, from Sam Osborne in second. Jack Butel is third, followed by Carl Bordley. Then Nick Hamilton's up there in fifth. I think constantly finishing in Jack Sears is actually going to get you a good amount of points, yeah. which is why Butel's also up there. And Hawkins is not bottom. No. Which is very impressive. She is ahead of Geddy and Neat, despite, of course, having done less. Ra- well, actually, I suppose she's done more races than Neat and Geddy, actually. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, well, certainly Neat, maybe not Geddy now. Right, so we won't bother with the Wingfoot Award because. No, we'll go straight. Jacobson will be winning that because he qualifies really well, and surprise, surprise, he's top of it. So let's go to the. Predictions. Predictions, right. I'm going to say you've got three, and I've got three. Yep. Um, I my race winners this weekend Turkton and Sutton um, thought I was going to get Sutton again in race 3 but he just missed out too. for a while you thought we get Turkton again in race 2 oh yeah that is true um, but yeah a good weekend on that front yeah I had Turkington my Goff and Hill didn't pull through for me though Goff was what one, one two numbers two, out two numbers out yeah for a pole position we both got a general prediction right uh, I said there'd be a puncture or tyre blowout we had that from Proctor you said there'd be Honda heat issues whilst not explicitly confirmed I think there's enough evidence and yeah they didn't perform well until comment. that final race yeah so I think you're okay there uh, I won the Jack Sears well I say I won the Jack Sears Robot won, won the Jack Sears I, I won yes. that and then none of us got anything on Tim Harvey bingo so currently the scores are 6 all Oh, nice and tight, nice, nice and competitive. And That's how we like it. And then to round off the pod, then let's just do our quick individual awards for the day. So, I, my drive of the day, I've gone for Colin Turkington. Had a lot to make up for after a disappointing opening weekend at Thruxton. He was nowhere in the championship coming into this weekend. He's now up to third in the championship, as we just discussed. Did everything right, drove well, didn't take risks. Good yep. point performance. Uh, mine is Ingram simply because he hasn't finished outside the top four all weekend. Which is uh, an excellent achievement. We know he loves racing here. Um, but no, it's an excellent achievement from him. Yep. Um, my villain of the day is Tom Chilton. We're just not seeing what we can, we know that's in there. Yep. He's in a car that should not be where it's finishing. Yep. It's as simple as that. And to have only five points at this stage is, for his standards, poor. It's not good, not good. Uh, mine is Plato because, one, he may as well not been there. Two, he was well outshunned outshone by Dan Lloyd um, and from almost the expectation of how well he raced at Thruxton, it was just such a letdown. Yeah, but I, I predicted the Vauxhall would struggle here, however that's kind of half disproved by how well Lloyd did so yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I, I can understand that uh, Who was your surprise good of the day? Uh, my surprise good was Jackson um, I didn't uh, we know he took his second second win here last season but I wasn't quite expecting such a strong performance and such almost raciness from him and being able to pull off some of the moves that he did. 
yeah, that's completely fair enough. I've gone for Lloyd, similar, I suppose. I wasn't expecting the Vauxhall to be any good, as I just mentioned. He was my other consideration. Uh, he's raced well. He's not looking out of place on this grid. Not at all. And I know I like to go bold early. I wouldn't rule out a, a win for him this year at yeah. some point. We saw Player take a win in 2019 of the reverse grid. Yeah. He's certainly got the pace. That's six out of six. Um, is it six or is it five for him? It is six, I believe. But he's, you know, he's scoring points on the regular. Uh, it's five, so he didn't score in the first race of Thruxton, but he came through the field spectacularly. So that's five yep. out of six points scored. He's, you know, 16th in the championship. There, there's a possibility. Yes, very much so. Um, and the surprise bads were the two championship leaders coming into this weekend. Hill for me and Cook for you. They just underperformed. I don't know whether it was struggling with weight on board the car, but obviously Hill had a small issue. But Cook was nowhere. Cook is the real surprise because with Hill, there's mitigating factors. Yeah, you know, the, the the tire goes. The Ford, we've seen it at the Ford before. He's got to run full weight, which Hill hasn't done in for a while because he's not. He's never run a race straight. Oh, sorry, he's only won one race straight. Hill, so yeah. he's not used to running maximum ballast. Cook. I mean, okay, you say he's heavy for qualifying race one, but he did nothing in race two. That's what really shook me. He gets the weight off in yeah. race two and does nothing. No, so. a poor, poor showing from them this weekend, um, but. Yeah, that that pretty much sums up the Snetterton weekend. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. It was fantastic to see fans back at the circuit, um, even though we may have all got a little bit burnt. Um, no. there, there were certainly some red bodies walking around at the end of the day, weren't there? Yes, and I also hats off to the the lads and lasses at ten o'clock with beers in their hands. Yeah, more. And also to the marshals because the, uh, the yes. marshals are the ones that really suffer on days like that in the full Nomex suits that they have to wear for the whole day. Yeah, drivers have to sit in them during during the races, but then they can go and sit in the paddling pool that they've got in the pit lane. Yeah. Whereas the marshals, they're the ones that make the make the sport happen. Um, so a credit to them. Um, yeah, and if yeah. anyone underestimates that, you try putting on those uh, clothes and then running across the track to retrieve some Ridiculous. debris in that heat because, yeah, yeah as you say, uh, well said, well said indeed. Um, but yeah, we hope you all enjoyed the weekend. We'll be back in two weeks' time for Brands Hatch, which we are going to as well. So we are very much looking forward to that. Hopefully, it won't be quite as hot, but it, we'll see. It can't be because I don't think we'll survive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a longer drive to Brands, and yeah, I, I was knackered enough driving home last night. Um, and we'll we'll hope to speak to you soon bye for now remember to subscribe follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates you can also find us on instagram twitter and facebook by just searching for btcp british touring car podcast and you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com 